Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. morning to everybody. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We have a one-hour broadcast and some pretty interesting things to talk about. And I want to begin with an article that is uh, a friend of mine sent me from Switzerland, of all places, Switzerland. As you know, we've had some really good contact with um, <clears throat> some, some of our friends in Honduras, uh, the lone missionaries, um, Gosh, Kathy, and why am I forgetting the names all of a sudden? It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. But anyways, uh, I think it's Ryan and, and, and Kathy. Brian and Kathy. That's it. Brian and Kathy, forgive me. It's me. I've been up early this morning. Uh, I've got a long day ahead of us. But I wanted to get into uh, another writing from a friend. And let me share this with you. It says, Dear Brother Vincent, greetings in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, maybe you remember me. We were in touch many years ago. At that time, we were in Israel and talked over Skype. I contact you for a very, very important matter. I've been updating a prophetic word concerning the second wave of the pandemic. It is precious insight, which I want to share in this attachment with you. Thanks so much to carefully evaluate this in prayer. Understanding the great challenge you are going through right now in America, we hope and believe you and the body of Messiah will will prevail. Now, this is from a friend named Yuli and, uh, and from Switzerland, and we, they had been living in Israel, and we had connected and, you know, trying to put all the memories back together again. But they said to us this word, 
Uh, I don't want to bring it out here. Just let's bring it out right there. And let's open that, baby. So, uh-oh. Okay. So this is the word, and I thought maybe we could evaluate it together. And it's titled The Second Wave. The Second Wave. Last spring, as we entered the period of lockdown and pandemic, a time that shook and challenged all of us, many of us to our limits and beyond. And for those you were seeking the Lord, it brought us into a deeper relationship with him. I thought to myself, now how to go on? What's next? Then exactly one year ago, it was the last days of March, two prophetic words came forth, which touched me very much and were actually identical which, however, only the fewest know, because only a few are in contact with both of these two precious men of God. One word came through Claude Browson, Claude Browson, a very precious French prophet, the other from Sadhu Sundar Salvaraj, known to most of you. So what did the Lord say? The Lord said that after this first wave of the pandemic will come a second wave which will be much stronger than the first. The first one was only kindergarten or child's play compared to the second. Sadhu used the words and the image of a hornet that stings people compared to mosquitoes. Once the poison will begin to work, in a few days, several organs become non-functional and the person will die. It was also said that all the measures which are taken at present will be absolutely ineffective in this second wave. And it was said that this second wave will begin in about a year, therefore somehow in spring of 2021. Well, I thought about it again and again, also about what this means now and what we should do here, respectively, what the Lord wants to do, because he will never surprise and always has answers. The big question I wanna ask you Are we aware that these two prophetic statements were made by the best-known prophet from Asia, as well as by the most precious and mature prophet of Europe, independently only, I think, two or three days apart? Well, about a month ago, one evening, I was on the phone with Claude, who is one of them, and we talked about a lot of things. Now, after a while, I said, do you remember that prophecy of the second wave you shared a year ago? Well, you can imagine that he also prayed a lot about it because he himself had received this word and was curious and anxious to understand what would happen and what he would do. He said, yes, of course, I prayed a lot about it. And the Lord showed me that the second wave is not another virus. No, it is the mRNA vaccination. Now, that was a bang up word because it confirmed to me what I felt in my spirit. So the image of the hornet shared by Sadhu is the prophetic image for the vaccination. What is even more frightening, this is identical with what the leading virologists are saying, uh, CG uh, Judy Mikovits and Dolores Cahill. It is exactly in line with Professor Sukart Bhakti's warning and many others, do we understand this? My brother had the visit of a leading surgeon from our city as a guest last weekend. A year prior, he was operated by him, and they became good friends. After a long talk, he said, 
we and a large part of the surgeons or doctors know that through the vaccination in approximately six to eight months during the next winter, approximately 60% of the vaccinated people could die. But if we say even one word, we are out of our job and our license is taken away by the government. So do we understand that we are in a very challenging situation because the prophetic word is identical with what the leading virologists predict? Now, I don't think this is meant to frighten us, but we must seek the Lord for he has the answer. One of the big questions is, will the Lord use this to take home a large number of Christians who are not ready for what is coming and out of ignorance or presumption or whatever the reason is, took the poisonous shot? But the world, we know this is the hour of end time harvest. The question is, are we ready to preach the gospel with signs and wonders so that thousands will be healed and raised from the dead, demonstrating God's saving grace to a sick world? I think especially regarding Israel, the Lord may allow this disaster pushed to the extreme by the government of Netanyahu so that they suddenly realize that the only thing that can save them from destruction is Jesus. The prize question, will the body of Jesus be ready to be his healing hands? Respectively, are we ready to do the works he mandated us? It will be the biggest challenge since 2,000 years for all of us. Shalom, the Lord is risen. Yes, he is truly risen. Therefore, to him be all the glory, honor, and praise, and may he have his way. All right, that's from Living Fire Ministries. The prophetic wake-up word was uh, by Prophet Russell in Angel Fire. I saw a worldwide event coming, and here's the prophetic word that was sent to me. Previously vaccinated people began dropping like flies, dead, gradually at first, but numbers escalating too large to be ignored. The media tried all means to cover it up, causing other big things to happen, hoping to divert attention and cover it up. They were also denying it, but eventually the truth came out that they were all vaccinated people. The only hope for these vaccinated people to be healed, believers, was to come to an assembly of believers and repent openly and out loud of fearing and trusting the world and its sorcery. Then, after acknowledging certain scriptures concerning sanctification out loud, then the healing can be given by the laying on of hands of the presbytery of elders of that assembly. Many, many were dying, but many sought the Lord in this manner of healing and were miraculously healed and became on fire for preaching the gospel and evangelizing. Hallelujah. The king is coming. And third, to crown this update, a very precious word that was sent to us, given by precious prophet voice from the UK. Uh, this is from Veronica West. So she's going to say, but I do want to mention, uh, just reading this for the first time, um, about people that had gotten the vaccination I was hearing in my spirit about two days ago of God's love for people. God loves people that took the vaccination, and God loves people that haven't taken the vaccination. And I do believe in the miraculous working power of God. And I do believe that God is a healer and that, that God is going to bring recovery and deliverance. 
As a matter of fact, I have written down here today, we are heading into a great season of recovery and deliverance. Can you imagine with all that is going on in the world today that the spiritual divine strategy of our father is to bring his kids into recovery and deliverance? How is he going to do it? Probably not the way we think he's going to do it, but you have to remember the scripture in Joel chapter 2 that God will restore unto you the years, not the things, but God will restore unto you the years that the locusts have eaten. And I believe that God is saying in context is I'm going to restore all those years of devastation in your life in one year. And yet here we're now coming into a season of the feast of the Lord, strategic, divine, absolutely called on by the spirit of God for God's people to come. And I do believe that we are going to experience during the feast, a deliverance. And let me explain to you the deliverance that I see coming. It, my wife, Patricia Joy, as you know, is, has been in the deliverance ministry for nearly 40 years. And we have seen some amazing things, honest to God. I don't think anybody's ever had their head spin around in a circle and they spit out green soup, but we have seen the slithering serpents taking people's bodies and watching people get delivered from these things. Uh, it's been an amazing deliverance. But what I see personally in this season of deliverance are those saints of God who have been working out their salvation, have been desperate for liberty and freedom. They have been calling on the name of the Lord. They've been fasting. They've been praying. They've been standing in faith, hope, love. They have uh, put on the joy of the Lord. They, they've been battling through, battling through, but there's been resistance, battle resistance, battle resistance, uh, wanting to break through mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Well, I believe that none of that battle was insignificant. It was not wasted time. I believe that those years of battle to be free from the affliction of the enemy or the brokenness that the enemy brought into our lives or our own sin, those bondages, I believe that that battle has been, uh, is going to prove to be very successful because the season we are walking into, what I see is that this moment is going to afford an opportunity for the residual of those demonic bondages, those generational bloodline curses, those remaining vestiges of yesterday's problems, I believe that this season is going to finalize the deliverance that's been going on in your life for, for years. And there are many people that some people have gotten delivered from really big stuff in a moment, in a prayer session, in the laying on of hands, in a divine you know, encounter with the living God. But many people who are working out their salvation have been undergoing this little by little, this processional process of, uh, you know, putting off the old and putting on the new and this daily grind and this weekly battle and this monthly working it out and this struggle that they've had. And they're getting the victory. Those demonic things are not controlling them and binding them and bringing them back into bondage. No, there's been resistance and warfare and battle, but God is saying that we're coming to a season where those battles are coming to an end. There are areas in people's lives they will not be battling anymore because the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to undo the affliction 
And we have to understand that this is miraculous. I know seeing people get up out of their wheelchairs is a miracle, but it's also miraculous for people who have been battling satanic bondages and spirits to suddenly come to a place of victory and ascendancy over the enemy. And this is a declaration that is being made from heaven, from the throne of God, a declaration of war and a foreknowledging to the powers of darkness that the season of the Lord has come and God is bringing his people into it. And they are going to experience deliverance from emotional bondage, mental bondage, spiritual bondage, solical bondage, thinking bondages, whatever the problem has been. Demons are going to lose their grip. And not only are the demons going to lose their grip, but all the nasty stuff they left behind is going to be healed and restored and recovered. All right, so that's what I believe we're stepping into that season. We are moving into it. And I believe this is going to begin during the Feast of Tabernacles. Have you struggled in your life, in your walk with God, with internal stuff that you just haven't been able to shake off? Have there been moments where you're doing really good, but that one little thing brings you back? It's like the enemy has a, a, his hands on a, some link in a chain that hasn't been broken yet, and he just pulls it down to make frustration, irritation, aggravation. It's a delay in the process. It's a delay. So what, what are we saying here? I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is calling forth an exponential season of deliverance and recovery. And this is going to be miraculous because people who have been sick in their bodies are going to experience healing. Deliverance from sickness. I believe people that have emotional problems that they've been carrying their whole life, they have emotional baggage. They've gotten a lot of it gone, but this is the season that it's all going believe it. This is what God wants to do. There are people that have been mentally not thinking right. Their judgment has been altered. They have not had right thinking. They've been, their judgment has been affected. Well, that's going to change too. Okay? People have had problems with uh, their words, their speech, their language. The enemies had a stronghold in them undermining the word of God with their own mouth. It's going to change. So there's a divine change coming to the body of Christ to bring a people out of the seasons, the years of struggling against satanic principalities and powers and residual effects of demonic warfare. And it's going to melt. I'm telling you, these chains are going to just fall off like they did in the prison with the Apostle Paul when the when they were worshiping God in the midnight season with blood dripping off their backs from being whipped and they're worshiping God. And all of a sudden that earthquake came and all the chains of all the prisoners just loosed. And this is a season where the chains are going to just loose off of your life. I believe that. I believe this. I believe that God is able to do this. And I believe that God is saying to tell it, so those who have ears to hear will allow their faith to grow and their hope to grow so that their faith will apprehend the word of the Lord. Now, are we talking anything outside of the new covenant? Absolutely not. 
The entire new covenant is about our deliverance, salvation, freedom, liberty, redemption, the atonement, the blood working on our behalf. Come on, this is really good news. You know it's true. But you see, there are seasons in the kingdom of God. There are seasons in the economy of heaven. There are seasons, spiritual seasons. And we are stepping into a season. And the joy that's going to grow out of these deliverances as people are going to suddenly shake off all these things that have been binding them, man, word curses, memories, false memories, false imaginations, lying spirits that have told them something other than what God has said. It's all going. Now, is this going to just go global? No, I don't believe that. I believe that this is part of the strategy that God is going to employ. Does God want to set everybody free? And you say, well, wait a second. If God is in heaven, then why doesn't he just supernaturally zap everybody and everybody's stuff be done? Number one, do you know that there's a large portion of, of Christians in the world today that don't believe that they can have demonic influence in their soul? Are you aware of that? The majority of Christians, probably the same number who believe in a pre-tribulational rapture, probably the same amount don't believe that Christians could have indwelling demonic presence. They can't, they can't see it. They come up with a reasoning that somehow because Jesus is in them and the Holy Spirit is in them, the devil can't be there too. Well, that's easily understood if you understand the word of God that our born-again spirit is sanctified by the spirit of God and by Jesus Christ, but it's our soul that needs to be saved. Our soul realm is where the enemy puts his thoughts, his lies, his ideas, his tricks, his schemes. So there are demonic presence in people, and there are many who have fought the demonic, cast out the spirit, but have been working out all the damages done. Now, for those who are moving in that direction, they will experience the first fruits of this recovery. People that are going through life and they're ignoring the demonic influences in their soul and they're just casually moving on with, you know, the, with the, what they call their walk with the Lord. I don't know what God's going to do with them, how God's going to do it. All I know is that the word of the Lord to you, because you're hearing it right now, if you'll receive it, is that we're coming to a season of deliverance and recovery. Usually, when we talk to people about their past and what they've been through and then they've gotten born again and then even as they've been born again, accepted Jesus Christ, they've struggled in their walk with the Lord. They've been through a lot of stuff, okay? So recovery is first and foremost their moral, spiritual recovery, uh, a recovery of reality, a recovery of truth, a recovery of sound-mindedness, recovery from damages done to the spirit, soul, and body, but also recovery from loss and injury and harm that has taken place in people's lives. And how God is going to restore in one year the many years of destruction is up to him, but he says he's going to do it. So what do you do with that word? What you do with that word, what you do when you read the Bible, by his stripes, we are healed. What do you do with that word? 
That's a word for everybody who will receive it, right? I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. What do you do with that word? When you're in a struggle, I can do. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. What I'm sharing with you is a biblical reality. I'm just declaring to you a season. Now, is it always the right time in Jesus for recovery and salvation and deliverance? Yes. But there's also these moments that God brings his people into where they experience corporately these kinds of deliverances. You could read it biblically. And I believe that the Feast of Tabernacles is going to afford a spiritual canopy, and there's going to be a work of the angels and the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus, Yahshua. And I believe that something great's going to happen. And the body of Christ is going to experience a healing and deliverance and a recovery of what the enemy has stolen. There's going to be a sevenfold demand put on the devil to reimburse all that has been stolen. That's the word of God. I believe it with all my heart. So uh, moving on in this prophetic word, this came from, again, Veronica West from the UK. And she said, listen, for the sound of my roar will open the door of Revelation 4. Mamma mia, what is this all about? I like, I like the rhyme. Listen, for the sound of my roar will open the door of Revelation 4. Look to the month of August. As I heard the word August, that's how I saw it written in the spirit realm. A-W-E dash G-U-S-T, gust. A quick share. I was sitting in my garden this afternoon when suddenly I heard these words. Listen, for the sound of my roar will open the door of Revelation 4. Look to the month of awe, gust. For the mighty whirlwind of my seven spirits will begin to blow upon the nations of the earth to shake, shake, shake the foundations of the land and to shift, shift, shift the boundaries of all nations. Watch, for at the sound of my roar, The manifest light of my seven spirits shall break forth to pierce and penetrate the deep darkness and to push back the powers of hell. Praise the Lord. I say, now is the time to come up here, to come up higher, for the door of Revelation 4 now opens over the nations of the earth. Now, as I heard those words, I was instantly caught up in an open vision over the nations, and I saw the mouth of the Lion of Judah opening up like a large door over the nations. And as the mouth of the Lion of Judah opened, so I heard the sound of a loud and mighty roar coming forth from the deeper realms and dimensions of the heavens. As the mighty roar of the Lion of Judah went forth across the nations, suddenly I saw the seven colors of the rainbow coming out of the mouth of the Lion of Judah. And as the seven colors of the rainbow projected across the nations, I heard these words, For I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. As those words seemed to pierce my innermost being, suddenly I saw again the seven colors of the rainbow, which was carried on the sound waves of the mighty roar of the Lion of Judah, deeply penetrating the lands and the waters of the seas that cover the nations. And as the sound waves reverberated throughout the nations, then I saw what looked like a plumb line falling in the midst of the nations. And I heard these words, see, 
For I now lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, for a sure foundation. For I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. As I heard those words echo loudly in the spirit, I began to pray fervently for the nations. And then the spirit of revelation whispered these words to me, fear not. For a great shaking comes to the nations of the earth to tear down, to uproot, to build, and to plant. For at the sound of my roar, the door shall be opened that no man can shut, a door that leads to a great awakening and kingdom reformation in the nations. I have an interpretation of this as I'm reading it, by the way. While praying through this open vision, I saw a greater shaking coming to the nations, but a tangible peace filled my heart. As I saw that at the sound of the roar of the Lion of Judah, the foundations of the nations will be fully exposed. The shaking comes to uncover, expose, and dismantle. The shaking comes to unearth the hidden works of darkness. It comes to reveal the rot in the roots so that the sharp axe of his truth can be laid. It comes to remove and realign. But then comes the measuring line of his justice a divine demolition unto a righteous restoration of all things in the nations. A great shaking that will surely bring a separation and a scattering in the enemy's camp, but will also simultaneously bring a supernatural gathering in of a great harvest of souls. Praise the Lord. And that's the prophecy. I love it. I I see and I hear in that prophecy the millennium. But I also know that right here, right now, that as God is separating through judgment, the wheat from the chaff, the righteous from the unrighteous, the sheep from the goats, et cetera, et cetera, as the separation is coming, those who are separated unto the Lord are going to experience the goodness of God. I believe that with all my heart. The middle ground, the lukewarm, the compromise, there's a lot of trouble coming into the valley of decision. But I also believe those that are separated from God are going to experience the things that are coming on the earth. Now, there's something that I'm going to leave you with today because right now, remember it just said here, uh, a divine demolition unto a righteous restoration. We're doing a little work right now and we are, I, I call it deconstructing a building and we're doing a divine demolition. There are people there right now demolitioning part of the building, so we're going to build something better in it. And it's just funny to me that this has been in my spirit that in order to really see that workmanship of God, the new building from heaven that God's building in us, there's got to be a tearing down of our old humanity. There's got to be a tearing down of the old nature, the corrupt, defiled, depraved nature of Adam. There's got to be a deconstruction of the old so that a brand new building can arise. And don't Credit when God is allowing the cross to bring a destruction or deconstruction or a demolition to your old nature or mine. Just know that he's also building at the same time a brand new structure that is built for eternity. And this is important for you and I. So are you ready to experience a year in Christ total restoration and recovery of all that has been lost. I just heard Patricia saying something up there. I'm not sure 
what she was saying. She was talking to me or to the radio. (laughs) Are you ready? Are you ready to receive a restoration in your life, in Christ Jesus, in the midst of a storm blowing all over the earth? Are you ready? Will you position yourself and will you align yourself with the word of God? Will you allow your spirit of faith to have eyes, the eyes of your faith, to see this promise and to go after it and to follow it and let this word of God guide you? It's a true word. It's a balanced word. It's balanced. The key to everything in in life is balance. And when things get out of balance, that's when things get chaos, right? Now, there may be chaos on the one side of the coin, but there's peace on the other. It just all depends on where you dwell in your mind, in your thoughts, in your emotions, in your heart. Where do you dwell? What environment is there in operation inwardly? Well, you've been laboring and struggling, cooperating with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to develop an inward environment of the kingdom of heaven. But there's been turmoil and war for violent men take the kingdom by force. Violent men take the kingdom by force. You cannot, and it's not external, it's inward. So your violence, your energy, your, 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 your vim, your vigor, your acumen, whatever you want to call it, the violence is, is you going after it and not being turned away. And because you've been faithful to go this far, you're coming into a season where there's breakthrough and there's going to be a breaking out of the Spirit of God in your life to obliterate the strongholds that the devil has had over you so that you can go forward into the eternal purpose of God in this life and in the world to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe it. Do you believe it? I believe it. Do you believe it? I mean, what, what God is about to do is going to make vaccinations, coronaviruses, all those things that the world is projecting, it's going to be water off a duck's back. Those things are not going to have any effect over your life because you're walking in covenant with God. You've got the JCon vaccination. You've got the, the backing of the PS gold certificate, B, uh, PS91. You're founded on the KOG, the kingdom of God, and you have the oversight of the FSHG, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I mean, you've got it, man. You're protected. Psalm 91 is your reality from all that stuff. So with your promise, with your eyes of faith, with your apprehending of those promises, God wants you to live a life that he's been wanting for you since the day you came to him. He wants you to see the victory of your mind being whole, your emotions being ordered, All that you are in your heart, every part, no stain left inside of you. Now, you say, that's who could believe something like that? Do you know, in James chapter 1, can I I just read something to you? I know some of you listening have already heard this, but I've got to share this with you. I've got my notes from a Bible study last Tuesday. And just in case you didn't hear this, it it tells us in James chapter 1, It's so powerful. It is so powerful. I'll just read it to you here. Let's see. James chapter 1. Don't leave yet. You want to hear this. Believe me. 
Because this is where God's taking things. This is God's will for our lives, okay? This is where he's at here. Revelation, excuse me, <laughs> James chapter, we spent a lot of time in that book. Uh, James chapter 1, listen to what it says, and I'll start in verse 2. My brethren, I've got to get all my notes, okay. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. My brethren, this is a word for you. This is a Bible passage that is becoming a prophetic announcement. If you'll receive prophetic unction, okay? My brethren, count it all joy. The word joy there is the kara, and it is cheerfulness. Count it all cheerful with calm delight, gladness, okay? Count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. The word fall there is the peripito, okay? And that literally means various, okay? When you fall into, um, uh, or, or you fall into something that is all around you. In other words, here's what it's actually saying in the definition. With calm delight and cheerfulness, Count it, count it that. When you fall, it means you, you, you find yourself lighting into something or you become surrounded by trials or temptations. You notice how some days you're just walking and it's beautiful, but all of a sudden you got a problem over here and a problem over here. Something comes up over here and you just all of a sudden there's many fold different things going on in your life. And what, when you're in it, we have a tendency to try to think it through, figure it out. What can I do? But the very first thing you do when you fall into a trial is that you have to calm down, let it be a calm delight, and get cheerful, going, okay, I'm in this for a reason right now. God is allowing this. So count it all joy when you find yourself in or fall into these different temptations, and those are experiences, they are uh, disciplines, okay? From God's perspective, he allows these things to bring discipline and character to our situation. It's a test, a scrutiny. From the devil's perspective, he's trying to get us to fall, okay? But now watch this. This is not the point. Here's the point. Knowing this, so when you fall into these different temptations, okay, these provocations, these testings, this adversity, uh, these disciplines, and um, all these experiences that are coming against your life, all right? Know this, that the trying of your faith, the word trying there is the dokumion, and it means a testing for trustworthiness. So God is allowing you to be in this situation to test your faith to see if you will be trustworthy with the assignment he has for you. So he's allowing you to undergo this. So you're in it. It's all around you. He wants you to take it with calm delight and cheerfulness. Because now you know what it's about. There's something there that you're going to pass the test, and it's about, the, it's about your faith, okay? It's the trying of your faith. Now, the word faith there, obviously, is your persuasion, your credence, your moral conviction. In other words, you're not going to get blown off your foundation. Your faith is going to be tested, and it has to be tested, and it's being tested by what you're going through, these situations, all right? So your faith is going to have to be there. And what happens is that knowing that the trying of your faith 
is going to work patience, endurance. The word patience here is the endurance, the constancy. God doesn't want you and I wavering back and forth, going in and out. He wants us to become steadfast when things are good and when we're finding ourselves falling into all these trials. All right, so he's looking for patience. Now watch this. This is the mystery. So the the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience, endurance, constancy, in the midst of these trials, have her perfect work. So patience has a perfect work to do in you. That work is ergon. It's ter- it's it's it's, it's uh, that 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 word work means to. It's the ergon, which talks about toil. It talks about uh, just laboring in your life. So patience is literally laboring inside of you. Your faith is giving place to patience. So you're becoming more enduring. Now watch. There's a mystery. Here it is. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, that you may be perfect and entire. Now, the word perfect is the teleos. That word teleos means complete. God wants you to be complete. Okay, perfect. It talks about growth. God wants you to grow, right? He wants you to grow in mental and moral character. So grow up into him in all things. Okay, so it means to be complete, and it means to come a full age. But it doesn't stop there with being perfect. What James is writing is that you would be perfect and entire. Now, the word entire is the halak leros in the Greek, and that word means complete in every part. Perfectly sound. In body, soul, and spirit, watch this. It means to be whole. It means complete in all parts. In no part, wanting or unsound, complete, entire, whole, free from sin, faultless. Wow, you don't hear that preached too often, do you? That... James, the apostle of Christ, is writing to his brethren, you and I, all over the world, all believers, that you get into a situation, and all around you, you've got these trials, and they're designed to see where your faith is. So when your faith looks at all these trials, it produces a patience, an endurance, a constancy, that you're not moved by what's happening, but the next verse... And what's happening while patience is at work in that trial, it's making you perfect and entire. In other words, there's not going to be one part left in you that is going to be unsound or incomplete or unattended to. Now, the next verse is powerful because it goes on to say that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. That's what God wants for you. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. Now, why would he write that right there? That if you lack wisdom, all of a sudden, because here's the deal. When you and I fall into temptations and we're surrounded by many trials, right? 
and our faith is going to stop, and we're going to have calm delight. We're going to be cheerful. We're going to look at this. We're going to go, okay, I'm here for a reason. I'm looking at it. Rather than trying to figure out, what do I do about that? And what do I do about that? And I got this issue over here all of a sudden. Now I'm dealing with this issue over here. Rather than trying to figure it out, you're just standing in faith. You're developing endurance and consistency in your life. Patience is at work, okay? The whole thing is designed to make you complete and entire. So what do you call for wisdom for? Well, I need wisdom for this situation. I need wisdom for that situation. I need wisdom for that situation. And I need wisdom for that situation. So if any of you lack wisdom of knowing what to do when you're in the trial, ask God. What does he say? Any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. In other words, God will give you wisdom for every situation. A lot of people, when they get into these trials, they try to figure it out. They, they wrestle with it. I have a relationship conflict over here. I'm struggling with it. Rather than being in faith, calming down, just building endurance, letting patience have a perfect work, that I will, will be changed. People get into emotions and they start striving. Well, that's a relationship issue over here. I've got a financial issue. I got the bills are coming. I got a, a, something I wasn't expecting. Here it comes. I don't know what to do with that. So we start worrying about it. Over here, we have a health issue that just developed. Oh, no, I'm starting to feel uh, a sore throat and I, I don't got my, I'm not breathing right and I got all these issues. Uh, should I get afraid? Do I have COVID? What do I got? That's what people go into. And over here, I've got another issue going on. And all of a sudden, it's all happening at the same time. So what, what are you saying? Ask God for wisdom. How do I deal with this relationship issue right now? How do I deal with this financial issue right now? How do I deal with this health issue right now and this issue over here? What do I do? And then God will give liberally. That means a lot. He'll give a lot of wisdom. And he will not upbraid you for asking for the wisdom. Now, think about it. You go into, you fall into these trials. God allows it. The enemy wants to use them to destroy you, but God's saying, I'm, I want your faith to be bold and strong. And I want you to stand in calm delight, knowing all things work together for good for those who love God. I want you to be cheerful. And I love that definition, cheerful, count it all, cheerfulness. So be cheerful, calm, delight. You're standing in it. Your faith is strong. You're giving place to patience. Patience is working in you, a character designed to perfect you and to make you entire in every area. Now you're calling on the wisdom of God because you're not going to try to figure it out. It's overwhelming. If you do, you're going to get tossed on the sea. So now you're calling on God with wisdom and you're saying, Lord, I need your wisdom. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. So when you're in those trials and you're asking God for wisdom, ask for the wisdom in faith. In other words, knowing that when you ask for wisdom, you're going to get wisdom. And that wisdom, that Sophia, is the spiritual intelligence that you're going to handle each situation perfectly. And then everything is going to work 
and that trial is going to be over. You're going to step out of that arena of having fallen into it. You're going to step out and go on, but you're going to have matured. You're going to have perfected. You're going to have grown up. You're going to have come to a full age. You have learned something. You won, and, and there's something intrinsically that's happened to you. And you're going to go on, and life is going to be great. And a season of going into temptation will come again. Trials will come. But you'll learn from the last one what you did. But listen, you have to ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers, so if you're asking, I need wisdom, but then you're going to try to figure it out. I need wisdom for this, but you're going to get into fear. No, I need wisdom for this, but I've still got to worry about the the money bills. No, those emotions are the wavering. So when we ask God for wisdom and we're standing in the trial, we wait patiently. That's patience again. We endure this trial. We endure this moment, waiting for the answer and not allowing fear and emotions and false imaginations and lies of the enemy to have any place. Because if we waver, what happens? For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And that's where the emotional soul thing goes. We're tossed on the, in the, on the wind of adversity, right? Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Wow, it's a hard word. So God's literally saying, you know, you could worry, you could fret, you could get into all kinds of crazy atmospheres, um, but you're not going to receive what you really need, and you're not going to pass this test. So in other words, to mature, to grow up, You've got to stand in this trial. And God may bring you out of the trial like Peter when he was on the water and he looked at the waves and sank. I mean, Jesus brought him out. He would have to go through it again some other time in his faith. So God is good that way. But he's wanting kids to grow up. He's wanting you and I to become the huias, right? So let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Double-minded in the Greek means two-spirited. On the one side, Lord, I, I, I want you to tell me what to do. On the other side, you're trying to figure it out on your own. You're getting emotional, worried, all these things. So a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The word unstable there means inconstant, restless, restless. If you're ever feeling restless, you understand there's instability. You're not at peace. How many of us can say, I've been there before, tasted that fruit? It was bitter, not good. You and I, at this moment in the history of the world, our generation, we have to find our way into. Let me tell you a supernatural miracle. I taught that on Tuesday at a Bible study, shared a little bit of it Wednesday at our Bible study. I'm talking about it again today. And then our friends, my new friends, Brian and Kathy from Honduras, who have an incredible work going on there. Their testimony is amazing. I actually want to invite them onto the airwaves, hopefully next week, to share their testimony and what God has done in their lives. It's amazing. Um, He was sharing with me, as he wrote to me yesterday, all about James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Then I'm reading it, and I'm thinking, my God. I mean, I just brought it up Tuesday from Honduras. It's coming again, and it's just absolutely amazing. I know it's a prophetic word, 
And this is the season God is calling you and I into. Complete and whole. Perfect and entire. Now, you probably have been to a church or you've heard a sermon on radio from some famous preacher that has told you you're never going to be perfect on this side of eternity. I ask you, whose report will you believe? The preacher's because of his own experience or what the word of God says? You tell me, who are you going to listen to? Christians can't have demons. The word of God's very clear. You bet you can, and you better protect yourself with the armor of God, lest those poisonous arrows get in there and those demonic spirits influence your thinking. Who do you think's putting fear in you? Where do you think fear comes from? I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Some people say, well, that's my own spirit. No, no. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but where does fear come from? Where does offense come from? Where does anger come from? Well, by human nature. Yeah, but human nature is food for the serpent. There's spirit involved in everything. There are demons. There are spiritual intelligences. Who's telling you the lies? Who's putting the false imaginations in you? Read the Bible. So it's time for deliverance, healing, completed. So some well-intended person says you'll never be perfect. Christians can't have demons. Uh, and, and there's many other things they say to undermine God's purpose. They have a form of godliness but deny the power. What power? The power to make you and I perfect and entire right here, right now. And all we have to do is have faith to stand in the trial with calm delight and cheerfulness and call upon the wisdom of God as spiritual intelligence and resolve every one of those issues perfectly, go through having grown up, dealt with it, becoming mature, so that now our generation could walk on the earth through this greatest tribulation that's coming on the earth, the ability to know how to go. A lot of people are going to be fearful, panicking, terrified, running, chicken, no head mentality. That's not what he wants for us. He's never wanted that for anybody. We're not supposed to be human beings operating out of fear and you know, the carnal mind. And by the way, if we're going to operate out of our carnal mind, just remember that the carnal mind is enmity with God and will not obey God. So you got something there you're going to try to do, but it has nothing to do with God's ways. It won't do it God's ways. And then you have human nature, then you have devils, and the world screams at you, and the world gives you their philosophy of how you should do something. Man, it's time for the wisdom of God to guide the people of God. Amen? Real wisdom is what grows us up. Mature faith, mature endurance, mature, mature, mature. And that is the season of recovery to bring us back into a completeness, a maturing of our walk with God, a maturing of our life so that the the world around us, we will eventually come to the place of walking just like Jesus walked. He's the firstborn son of many brethren. He's the firstborn of many. He's looking for the firstborn, is looking for many brethren to bring them to glorification. What is glorification? It's being like him in nature, dealing with things on earth as he did. He didn't deal with things from heaven's throne. He came onto this earth, took on the robes of humanity, not the sinful nature, but became like us in these bodies. He was a body of glory. And he came here and he just lived it out. 
And he's saying, how I did it, I want you to do it. I'm going to give you my spirit to get it done. But that's not being preached. We hear these lukewarm, watered-down doctrines of prosperity, of earthly things, and not the intrinsic value of the real meaning of the gospel, which is to bring about a transformation and a change to us to become like Jesus, to walk in this earth, cooperating with the Father. Many sons walking through the earth having power over weather, power over demons, power over sickness, power. And, and so the imperfections that we allow are the interferences to the miraculous that we desire. And so we've got to grow up. You think if we grow up and become like Jesus, anything is going to be impossible? Heck no. The problem in modern-day Christianity is that there's a deep lacking of spiritual maturity. Would someone say amen? And so the Spirit of the Lord wants to grow us up, not at our pace, at his pace. And he's bringing us into a season where he's going to quicken the pace. And you've got to be willing to go on with him. You've got to be willing to go, I'm going to go for it. And it's not about legalism. It's not about religion. It's not about all these things. It's a flowing in the Holy Spirit of God. And that's my story, <laughs> as Brother Mark would say. Oh, man, this is all going to come out in the Feast of Tabernacles, and I can't wait. All right, let me say good morning to some friends out there today, and I'll begin with Kevin Hauger. Good morning, everyone, this beautiful Friday. Have a great broadcast, Brother Vince. Thank you so much, Kevin. I am enjoying myself. Uh, Terry Shannon's with us today saying good morning to Vincent and Patricia. Good morning to you, Terry. Robert Avila, names. Names. I don't understand. I probably forgot something. Uh, oh, Hornet vaccine makes sense. Yeah, it does. Brenda Torville, good morning. So good morning to Robert and Brenda. Uh, Robert says, dream from 2013, high school boy refuses mandatory Hornet sting. He saw in dreams there are only two outcomes, death or loss of in- intellect and individuality. Very interesting, Robert. We'd love to hear more about that for sure. My goodness gracious. All right. So Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. Good morning, Charlotte. God bless you. And uh, welcome to the broadcast once again. I believe this years can be restored. Robert, we're in agreement. You believe it. I believe it. Let's believe it together. We just were thinking about this this week. People fight back versus the new troubles but live with other issues. Years old. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Cindy Messman. Good morning, Cindy. God bless you. Cindy, I need a haircut. Would you put it on your calendar? She's awesome. Thank you. Joyce, good morning. And good morning to you, Joyce Young. Uh, Tammy Freeman said yes. Joyce said James 1 is worth hearing again. Amen. You were at the Bible study. Love it. Uh, We have Monica Marshall. Good morning. Good morning to you, Monica. Shirley Woolsey. Good morning. God bless you, Shirley. Received your gift. Thank you so much. May God bless your giving. And Denny Sossaman is with us. Amen. Pastor, totally anointed word from Holy Spirit again. Thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. I love you guys. Chad Achterberg is with us today. Good morning, Chad. Uh, I had to keep it short today because I've got to run from here over to the ark. We're doing a deconstruction so that we could begin a reconstruction uh, on a part of our our property. We're getting ready for the Feast of Tabernacles. What I need from anybody that's out there willing, we need a financial blessing and a financial donation. If anybody out there has the means to supply a financial need, 
for the Feast of Tabernacles, would you please consider doing it? One friend sent us $1,000 to get the tent. We have the tent and the chairs and the tables are now supplied, but we have a lot of financial needs for the honorariums, for our speakers that are coming, food, all the different things that are involved in, in getting things ready. And we really do need a financial blessing. And if God has put it into your heart to just want to help uh, supply a need for the Feast of Tabernacles, $25,000 would be perfect. We could certainly use that right now. We have done a lot of work to prepare, and, um, and I'll leave it right there. We've done a lot of work to prepare for the Feast of Tabernacles, and there's been a huge investment. And if you could help under, uh, supply that, that would be wonderful. Either way, I know God is going to get the job done. We're going to have an amazing Feast of Tabernacles. I hope that you have already made your arrangements to come out of the world from September 20th to the 27th to be with us here in Northwest Arkansas to celebrate the Great Feast of Tabernacles. The words of God that are going to come are going to be amazing. I am convinced what you're hearing today is a foretaste of what God has. It's going to be an amazing journey. I trust that you're going to come experience deliverance, recovery, fellowship, and see what it's all about. It will be carefully explained and biblically laid forth, and you're going to be in awe. You're going to love it. So anyways, remember us uh, right now. If you would like to support the ministry, you can go to PayPal under omegaradio.org. You could also go to our website at nwmglobal.org. You could register for the Feast of Tabernacles at nwmglobal.org. You could also give a donation from there. Or if you'd like to mail a donation to the ministry, it's P.O. Box 100. P.O. Box 100. We have never, well, let me just leave that alone. P.O. Box 100, and that is in the little town of Decatur, Arkansas, A.R., and the zip code is 72722. 72722. And if you supply, For the Feast of Tabernacles, may God bless you and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Remember, the Feast of Tabernacles, bring your gift to the Lord, special, set-apart Feast of Tabernacle offering. That That is not connected to helping supply the needs. Your Feast of Tabernacle offering is a direct gift to the Father. All right, so you want to bring him your best gift. Remember that. Uh, We'll keep talking next week. We'll be back on the air Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, then we'll we'll just keep going forward. The days are shortening. Things are changing. Uh, We love you. God bless you. Thank you. If you have any questions, make sure you contact me. You can email me at vxavier777 at gmail.com. That's v. X-A-V-I-E-R-777 at gmail.com. Or you could text me at area code 858-864-8712. And uh, this is how we'll get a chance to meet. Regardless, we are asking the Lord to bless you this weekend. We're going to gather together at New Wine Ministries Saturday and Sunday again. And we're going to look forward to our fellowship and our friendship with the body of Christ Thank you for your prayers for our ministry, and thank you for your love and your blessing upon what we're doing, and may God bless all of us in this very awesome hour. 
What side of the day are you on? Day of light, day of darkness. There's no gray zone. Come all the way in, and I think we're going to have an amazing time together. Eternity looms before us, does it not? Eternity looms before us. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is near at hand. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. Get strong. Get it ready. Get And you know the rest. Got to go. <laughs> have a wonderful weekend. Shalom, everybody. God bless you.